First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to a special edition of What the Elf Was That? And today we're going to preview the Philadelphia Eagles and the preseason game that's happening Happening tomorrow, right? Thursday, yes, Thursday, Thursday night, seven thirty p.m. All right, here we go. You're listening to the "What the Elf Was That" podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The "What the Elf Was That" podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves Podcast Network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. All right, welcome to a special edition of What the Elf Was That? Today we've got my man Elliot Kennel. You guys might know him from the Cleveland Browniacs, formerly known as Football Philosophy and Rocket Science. And today we have a special guest, Ed. How do you say your last name, Ed? Kratz, Ed Kratz. Kratz. We have Ed Kratz. Ed, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us all about yourself? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I've Cover the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for uh, SportsIllustrated.com, uh, Eagles Today, uh, website www.si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. I also host the Philadelphia Insider uh, podcast uh, on the Fan First Sports Network. I've been covering the Eagles. This will be my 13th season full time, but I go back further wow. than this kind of the second, third guy, uh, you know, on the beat. I've covered their three, three of their Super Bowls. Uh, in Jacksonville in 05, they lost, and I was in Minnesota when they won, and then I was in Arizona last year when they lost again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I have a pretty vast uh, experience covering the Eagles these last dozen-plus years anyway. Wow. Great. Thanks for coming on the show. 
Uh, yep. We're going to get right at it. So the Eagles and the Browns will be playing in a preseason game come tomorrow. So in an attempt to educate our awesome Elfers, our What the Elf Was That listeners, uh, let's just go over the Eagles offseason. So, Ed, what do you think uh, were the significant additions and subtractions for this team coming off that Super Bowl loss? It was very busy offseason. You know, they lost a lot of guys. They're two starting linebackers. T.J. Edwards is in Chicago now, and Kaiser White went to the desert to play for the Cardinals. Uh, and they were the two top tacklers on the team. So, you know, the Eagles are going to promote N'Kobe Dean, who they drafted in the third round last year to be their starter. And then they're going to, I think, mix and match uh, at the off-ball linebacker spot. We'll see who takes the lead there, still to be determined. Uh, but they also lost two starting safeties. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's in Detroit now. Marcus Epps is in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Uh, so they lost a lot. But they had, to me, what looked like a pretty good draft. You know, they took Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninth overall, you know, Fletcher Cox came out earlier this week, you know, the Eagles defensive tackle and said, I don't know why he wasn't the first pick in the draft. And, you know, there were some red flags, obviously, around Carter, uh, which forced, you know, which caused him to slide. But, you know, I've seen this guy and uh, he looks pretty good. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, the Brown, Browns were here for a couple of joint practices earlier in the week and we can get into that. But Jalen Carter pancaked Joel Batonio on one play and, Tony is one of the best guards in football and, yes. and Carter just threw him to the ground. Right. Uh, so, you know, he's flashed considerably when he got on the field against the Ravens in the first preseason game, his first snap, he went right by Ben Cleveland who he played with at the university of Georgia and was right in on Josh Johnson, the quarterback within two seconds. And Johnson just threw the ball away and that was on third down. So he forced a punt. So, uh, he was a big addition, and the Eagles also drafted in the first round Nolan Smith, another kid from Georgia who uh, they compare him to Hassan Reddick, who had 19 and a half sacks last year uh, in terms of his body type, his speed, his enthusiasm, his passion for the game. So, you know, he's developing. And then they got this safety, Sidney Brown, who led the team in tackles against the Ravens with nine. Granted, it was mostly against the third team in the second half, but you know, he showed some real burst to the football and he has good instincts, played at the University of Illinois. Uh, so they brought those guys in. They brought in, you know, they also lost Miles Sanders in the offseason. Yes. And, and they brought in Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. They traded for him, a Philly kid. Uh, yeah, I want an investigation on that trade because that made absolutely no sense to me that yeah. uh, Detroit gave him away for a fourth round draft pick. Well, they uh, traded. They drafted Jameer Gibbs in Detroit, so they had this, you know, this yeah, well, running back. So they got rid of Swift last year of his contract. So, listen, Elliot, if you want him next year, he's going to be a free agent probably. I'm not sure <laughs> if the Eagles re up him. So, you know, you're not out of the, uh, you know, you're not out of the Swift Derby yet. Elliot's a big fan of paying second contracts yeah, to running. You know, I, I think I think that yeah, there there are certain teams that it seems like. Um, they always get what they want in the draft and that the um, NFL has a fire sale in order to provide them with the players that they need. And the past few years, it's been the Eagles that get everything that they want in the draft and in the offseason. I couldn't believe the swift trade. I mean, yes, they had two running backs. And, oh, my God, we've got two running backs in Detroit. What shall we do? That's when John Dorsey steps in. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Well, let's give one to the Eagles by all means. 
We can't stand the pressure of having two good running backs on our team. We've got to give one to the Eagles. Please take our running back. I think he's just the right kind of running back for today's NFL because not only yep. does he run yep. the ball, but he also catches out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was an absolute steal for Philadelphia. Made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. Well, the Browns have Chubb. I mean, Chubb's probably one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, yeah, um, I know. But if you give yeah. me a running back like DeAndre Swift, I'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Detroit's Nothing thinking. behind Chubb, by the way. That's one of my offseason grudges is that people are trying to sell me that, well, but, you know, we do have a guy that gained 12 yards last season, and that's probably enough to replace the former all pro that, or pro bowler, pardon me. Uh, that uh, that we lost in the offseason, uh, Kareem Hunt, 12 yards versus former All-Pro. That doesn't quite up, add up for me, and people have criticized me for having a negative attitude, and it's true. I do have a negative attitude. <laughs> okay, well, that's because you're a Browns fan. And, and, all right, so, Ed, let me get back on this. Um, you know, that Jalen Carter you're talking about, I remember doing some draft work. I'm, I'm – my work in – coaching and stuff is offensive defensive lines when you start talking to those people you've got my attention but let's talk about jalen carter for a second i mean i watched him play at georgia and that was my question how is this guy not the first pick in the draft i don't care who's out there he's the first pick in the draft he's technique athleticism so how are the eagles using him are they there was talk about using him as a defensive tackle there was talking about using him as a defensive end what are they doing with him well, I mean, it's kind of been a slow ramp up. Obviously, he's a rookie. Uh, right. You know, he didn't get a lot of first team reps in the first week of camp. He was running second and third team. You know, you got to go out there and prove yourself. But now we've seen, you know, him kind of rise up here. And Eagles have a new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Another big change in the offseason. They lost both. Oh, of them. I love that guy. Yeah, they lost Jonathan Gannon, their DC, to the head coaching job in Arizona. They lost Sean Steik in their OC. Uh, to the head coaching job in Indianapolis. So that's pretty much an under-the-radar, underrated type situation for the Eagles, two new coordinators. But to answer your question, Joel, uh, the Eagles are moving him on the outside in the last couple days of practice. They're lining him up on the edge as well as Mm -hmm. the tackles. So, you know, I think that's going to cause some headaches for offenses when you try to figure out where is this guy coming from. You're going to have to know, maybe not initially where number 98 is on the field, but as his career begins to ascend, you're going to have to know where that guy is on the field because if he is able to rush the passer from the edge, put pressure from up the middle and stop the run, you're going to have to account for him and you're going to have to double team him more often than not um, because he's a beast. And when you look at him, he's not like this overly imposing guy. He's only like 6'3", you know, 3'10". He doesn't look like, say, a Jordan Davis, the Eagles – Defensive tackle also from Georgia, 6'6", 345. You look at him and it's like, wow, he's huge. Even Fletcher Cox, 6'4", six, six, uh, you know, 320. But Carter doesn't look like that. But, man, he is a he is a fast, quick burst guy off, right. off the line. And, uh, you know, that's pretty evident when you watch him play over a period of time like I have this summer. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, uh, oh, I've got uh, – Another guy that I'm curious about, what can you tell me about Kelly Ringo? I was, you know, since the second round uh, in our chat room with a bunch of other Browns writers, I was saying, hey, Kelly Ringo's available. Let's trade up and draft Kelly Ringo in the second round. And I was on, on a soapbox because I wanted the Browns to draft another cornerback. So what, do you, what can you tell me about uh, Ringo? 
Well, he was still there in the third round. You could have drafted him. I mean, the Eagles traded up in the I first. Know. I know. I was advocating. I liked it. This is a guy with 4-3 speed. How does he survive to round four? I don't get it. Yeah, and he's another big kid, like a 6-2, guy. You know, maybe his future home could be at safety. You know, there's been a lot of talk mm-hmm. about that, moving him to safety. Uh, but right now he's a cornerback, and, you know, he's a work in progress. It's, cornerback's a hard position to play in this league, especially for a rookie. Now, he has the advantage of learning from Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside. Uh, you know, I think he's going to make more of his mark on special teams to start. And then if the any injury happens, you know, to the Eagles cornerbacks, he could see some time uh, at that spot. But, you know, he's been kind of up and down, you know, as you'd expect the rookie cornerback to be. He's made some nice plays. He's also gotten beaten a few times. Um, but I think, again, he's going to be a guy that you develop and, you know, you hope that he pays dividends going forward in year two, year three, and beyond, whatever. But I think his rookie year is going to be spent mostly on special teams, unless there's some injuries that they encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a physically opposing guy, and he's young. You know, he, he came into this league at, at 20 years old. He's 20. He just turned 21. Um, yes. so, yeah, he's, he's a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's made big plays at the University of Georgia, and I think the Eagles will expect the same thing once he kind of gets his feet wet and starts learning from Bradbury and Slay and developing. And, uh, you know, he's a good piece to keep an eye on going forward, no doubt. All yeah, right, let's, uh, yeah, a, go ahead, Joel. Let me just jump in and take a break here, unless you got something you want to follow up on. No? Okay. All right. We're going to, guys, we're going to come back here with Ed and we're going to take a break real quick and. Visit our sponsors. Check out our podcasts on the Fanatical Elf Sports Network. You're listening to What the Elf Was That? We've got the Cleveland Browniacs. We've got Dog Pound South. We've got the Johnny Cleveland Show. We've got everything you need for your Browns news. Catch you on the other side of the break. <coughs> I want to switch gears for a second, and I want to spend just a little bit of time on this. The Eagles versus Ravens game. Now, those of you who listen to this What the Elf Was That podcast know that I have an entire segment that I dedicated to hating on the Ravens. Every week, I hate on the Ravens. So, Ed, can you tell us what your impressions were of the Eagles-Ravens game? Because I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was a a competitive game. I mean, the Ravens have this long preseason winning streak, which is, you know, kind of a joke. It's meaningless. They've won 24 now. Uh, you know, if you want to hang your hat on that, if it was a Ravens fan, go right ahead. I mean, it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Kicking 60 know, yard field goals at the end of the half. Give me a break. Well, but you're bringing in Tyrod, you know, their backup, their number one backup quarterback. You're bringing him in in the second half. I mean, you're out to win that game. You know, you play Josh Johnson, who to me is not really an NFL type quarterback. Uh, and then, you know, you fall behind and then you bring in your. Is it Tyrod Huntley? I think it is. It's Tyler Huntley, who made the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah, Tyler. So I mean, why? What? Do you, and then he pulls a hamstring. He gets a hamstring strain. So Good don't tell me the Ravens aren't out to win that game and keep that streak alive when you bring in your top backup start the second half against third team guys. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, you got a Pro Bowler out there against third teamers. Yeah. I want to bring up a point. Did Did you see the Ravens touchdown drive in that game? Uh, the touchdown, which which one? Uh, the, the the one where the starters against the Eagles starters. Uh, yeah, I was at the game. I don't. Was there something? So, about it? so I I watched the game the other day. So here's what happened: the 
the Eagles are pretty much just shutting down the Ravens and that stupid offense they decided to go to. And that Todd Monken thing that didn't work in Cleveland, that didn't work in Tampa Bay. And now they're out there running just straight zone reads, or excuse me, outside zone plays, which the Eagles are just destroying. And it just so happens, I don't know who the running back was, ran an outside zone to the left, realized there's nothing there, cut back, but the Eagles defender had overrun, didn't keep his outside contained. He runs it around the edge for about 60 yards on a busted play. Yeah. Then there's a questionable holding call on Zay, or Trey, Zay Flowers about the three-yard line, which puts the Eagles, or excuse me, the Ravens on the three-yard line. Then they throw a five-yard out. Then they act like they actually did something. Yeah. I, I think the Eagles just, like, beat this team up. At least yeah, the starters. I mean, yeah, I thought I thought so. I mean, the Eagles led 13-10 at the half with most of their starters in, and you mentioned a 60-yard field goal came as time expired in the half. Right. So that was really the only thing they did the whole half. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought the Eagles had the best uh, of the play in the first half, no doubt. That touchdown drive, you mentioned that long run, uh, which, you know, you have a lot of young kids out on the field for the Eagles. They lost five starters on defense, so you're still trying mm-hmm. to find out who's who's going to play. So you over-pursue. Yep. Uh, you, don't, you don't hold the back edge, learning, learning experience. And, uh, yeah, that was all they did. Yeah, exactly. That's my whole point here is that yeah. – explosive offense out there is doing nothing. nothing. Browns are better. Browns are better. If you want me to say the Browns are better than the Ravens in that division. And no, what I we really want you to say is that the Eagles are not the Eagles, but the Ravens suck. That's what we really want to hear. <laughs> well, just, listen, I say this, not just because, you know, it's the, the Browns podcast here. I say it because I just watched the Browns for two days in Philadelphia and I'm impressed with that roster. I've always liked Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator, and I just think they have better personnel than the Ravens, and they have to show up on game day and, and prove that. You know, I, I, I like Lamar Jackson, but I like Deshaun Watson too. Uh, I think the I think the Browns are better than the Ravens. I really do. And I just, you know, I know it's August. You know, we're still forming opinions, but right now, August 16th, my opinion is the Ravens aren't as good as the Cleveland Browns. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Elliot, I'm going to let you jump in here, man. Yeah, well, yeah, we also have kind of a backwards opinion. Usually, even though I hate the Ravens, I usually feel like the Ravens are uh, or have been what the Eagles are this season, the team that gets everything they want in the draft and get all the breaks. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, too. Trading period, uh, especially when Ozzie Newsom was the general manager. They made all kinds of incredible offseason moves. I think that they've gone backwards, and uh, I just uh, am so thankful for Eric DaCosta, the Browns general manager, because I think that Ravens God general manager listened to my prayers and answered them. In <laughs> anyway, we're, we're down on the Ravens. Let's put it that way. So joint practices. You missed, mentioned joint practices, and we were talking off the air about Kevin Stefanski. So why don't you just kind of give us what you think of Stefanski, Jim Schwartz, what the Browns can expect from a Jim Schwartz defense. Uh, just talk to us about that for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Stefanski's a Philly kid, went to St. Joe's Prep, which is where DeAndre Swift went, uh, you know, the running back, Philadelphia-based school. More reason uh, for us to have gotten Swift. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, but, you know, Stefanski played quarterback at St. Joe Prep. An interesting story is him and Joe Judge, the former uh, New York Giants head coach, longtime Patriots assistant. They went to mm-hmm. – prep at the same time and they competed to be the quarterback and Stefanski won the battle and judge transferred to a suburban Catholic league school. Uh, so just a little back history on those two coaches. Uh, but yes, yeah, Stefanski is Philadelphian through and through easy guy to root for. Uh, you know, I wish him all the success uh, because he's a likable guy. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about him in Cleveland. You know, I know coaches are under a lot of scrutiny and then Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia gets a lot of that. Um, so from afar, Stefanski seems like he's doing a good job to me. I, I hope that, you know, he can maximize the talent on this team and he can make the playoffs and make a run and have success because he's an easy guy to root for, in my opinion. Uh, has a lot of fans in Philadelphia, a lot of family in Philadelphia. Had a lot of family out at these joint practices. Nice. Uh, and then Jim Schwartz, I mean, an aggressive defensive coach. Uh, I like what the Browns have done with that defensive front. They have a lot of depth. Jason Kelsey raved about, you know, that defensive line with, he thinks Dalvin Tomlinson is extremely underrated. They signed Shelby Harris. They've got two yep. great rushers. To me, Miles Garrett's the best defensive player in the NFL. You know, Aaron Donald to me was that, but I don't think he is anymore. Miles Garrett to me is the best defensive player, better than Bosa in San Francisco, better than anybody the Eagles have. And then you have Zadarius Smith on the other side. I mean, Schwartz is going to be able to get a lot done there. You have linebackers who are fast and who, you know, who are aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you could use a little more help, at, at, you know, at corner, uh, maybe on the back end, uh, yeah. not as with the personnel there, but as far as Schwartz getting the most out of what he has, he loves to pressure the quarterback. He loves to throw different looks as a defense, and he has the front to do that. Right. Um, his talents. Yeah. Uh, you know, Schwartz, I think, doesn't talk to the media a lot. He, he, I think he's only talked to the Browns media once, I was told, this summer, which is, you know, somebody should tell the NFL that because he needs to talk more often. 
Uh, didn't talk. He talked on his scheduled Tuesdays here when he was in Philadelphia and never talked after a game, which he would say, you know, hey, I'm not the head coach. That's the head coach's platform, not mine. Um, you know, he could be a little prickly uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as the defensive mind, uh, he, he's fantastic. He won a Super Bowl. He helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl, even though they gave right. up 500 yards to the Patriots in that Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the whole body of work through the course of the season was standout. And, you know, Schwartz, I think, will do a very good job with that defense in Cleveland. I do want to jump on something you said about Stefanski. You're wondering what Browns fans think of him. You know, I think yeah. a lot of Browns fans like Stefanski. He was a fo- former coach of the year, but there are very impatient Browns fans, and that has a lot to do with the move of the team to Baltimore and then the Browns being set up to be a complete abject failure for years and then ownership being an abject failure. But anyway, Browns fans have a lot of trauma. But the one thing that Browns fans think about Kevin Stefanski is that call sheet. You know, the, the call sheet that everyone in the NFL has on the sideline? They seem to think that it's funny to call that a Denny's menu. So there's Stefanski on the sideline with his Denny's menu. You see all these kind of memes. It's really kind of weird. And I think it's just a Browns thing. Yeah, well, Andy Reid does the same thing, and he's the guy's exactly. won Super Bowls. I mean, he's got his Denny's menu, and it probably is a Denny's menu. You know, there's a joke. <laughs> For him, yeah, probably is. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but but why why would you go for it on fourth down when you've got the next Justin Tucker sitting on the bench ready to kick a field goal every time? Oh, here we go. Well, you know, I heard uh, Cade York made four field goals in practice, so let's just put that all that to rest. Uh, out of right, how many uh, tries? Fifteen? I don't, I don't I don't know, but he made four. He's <laughs> on a whole different planet, man. If you want to, you know, he's he's a whole different. Kicker. I mean, to me, it was fun to watch him line up and make that 60 yard field goal. I mean, that guy's a Hall of Fame kicker. Uh, he's the best in the league. Still is. Amazing. Um, Cade York, you're talking about now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was the Browns fan to be talking about Cade York. Browns yeah. fans said this thing that Cade York is the next Justin Tucker. And I don't know. I, whatever. He's my, my last name is his first name. So I just want him to not screw it up. That, that's where I'm at. Just, just don't make my name sound bad. No, we, yeah. we hope. We do you have the jersey with Cade on the back, Joel? Do you have that jersey yet with Cade? No, no, I don't because I'm not, I'm not supporting kickers. It's a whole different topic. What I do have, since I played left guard in college, and I identify my Twitter handle as the left guard, and my name is Joel, so I have a 75 Joel Batonio jersey that I like to wear a lot. So that, that's my guy is Joel Batonio, left guard Joel. There we go. Right. So what were some of your observations at joint practices? I don't think we've gotten that part. What did you think? Give us an honest assessment. Because if you if you get on and you do the research, you see all the Eagles reporters saying that the Eagles just kicked the crap out of the Browns. You get on the Browns reporters and like the Browns kicked the crap out of the Eagles. What was the truth? Well, you know, listen, uh, day one, Monday, the Browns, I thought, Got the better of the Eagles, no doubt. I thought that there, I thought both defensive lines were terrific, but I think mm-hmm. the Browns got the better of the play, not by a lot, but I would, I would have probably given the Browns the day one win, if you will. And again, you're watching these, these reps that these guys are taking, and and it's great work. I mean, I love these joint practices; they're better than preseason games. You know, you're getting your starters. Oh, they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting your starters thirty to thirty-five reps during these joint practices per day if you're talking a preseason game you're lucky if these starters get in for eight to ten reps so mm-hmm. you know it's a good opportunity it's a controlled environment where you're you know you're trying to minimize injuries yes tempers flare a little bit uh but you know for the most part players are taking care of one another you know they're not out there to try to injure anybody 
Um, but, you know, I think day two came along and I thought the Eagles really ramped up the intensity and they talked about that, how they didn't they weren't happy with how they performed on Monday. And Jason Kelsey, you know, the great Eagles center, put it best. He said, listen, nobody's good enough right now to win the Super Bowl. This is a day by day build and you have to come out with intensity every day. And he said, and we talked about that and we came out with a little bit more grit on Tuesday. And but that's how you have to approach every practice. Right. Um, so the Eagles came out and they, to me, really took it to Cleveland on day two. Um, you know, they ran the first team two minute drills, uh, you know, moving the ball from the 25 in the Eagles scored with their first team on a throw to A.J. Brown, and then their defense intercepted Deshaun Watson. Reed Blankenship, the safety for the Eagles, had three picks over these two days of Deshaun Watson. I mean, this yeah. kid's second year undrafted free agent. Eagles are counting on big things. I talked earlier about them losing their safeties. He's one of the guys to be out there probably 99% of the plays, if not 100%. So, you know, he stops that first drive with an interception. Then the second team comes out, and Mariota throws a touchdown pass to Tyree Cleveland, uh, appropriately named, I guess, Cleveland, Tyree Cleveland, <laughs> uh, former draft pick of the Broncos, seventh rounder who's trying to make this roster, really flashed against the Ravens and then comes up with the big catch. And then when the Browns' second team comes in, Joshua Dobbs at quarterback, he tries to throw a pass into the end zone at some point, and Josh Job, another undrafted free agent, this kid from Alabama, comes up with an interception. Nice pick in the, in the end zone. So, you know, you look at that and, okay, the Eagles won those two drills. The Eagles' defense really made life rough for Deshaun Watson. Josh Sweat really got into uh, Watson a lot, tipped his hand a few times. I don't think the Browns linemen were happy with how, you know, some of the Eagles players kind of bounced into Watson. You know, you're not supposed to touch the quarterback, but they were there. They swiped at the ball and the hand uh, and made plays. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, it was a better – practice day for the Eagles and I think they got the better of the Browns on Tuesday which is again it's all a learning experience right, right. I mean both teams and I think both teams got a lot of good work they showed a lot of good things I thought you know the Browns defense Miles Garrett on the first day he the Eagles couldn't block him you know they he had like seven sacks <laughs> you know I mean he <laughs> was amazing I mean he's just so good and all the Eagles players just rave about Miles Garrett and what's cool about these joint practices is you see afterward like Eagles and Browns talking like you see Miles Garrett and Lane Johnson working together, teaching each other their techniques so they can get better. Um, you see, you know, Jason Kelsey's talking to Dalvin Tomlinson and they're, they're, you know, they're laughing and are having a good time. I mean, you just see the mutual respect that these guys have for each other. I was in Cleveland last year when they had joint practices against the Eagles and you saw it with Joel Batonio. And I think Tony was a little sore after this one. I don't think he was happy. He thought the Eagles took some cheap shots. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't on the field afterward. But last year, Batonio's out there with Jordan Milata, the Eagles left tackle. You know, they're talking to each other about technique. And, you know, it's just a cool – that's another cool thing about these practices is just afterward you see the respect that these players have for one another and the, and the teaching, the, the, the give and take that goes, goes between these guys. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good working relationship the Eagles and Browns have together. I, I like the fact that they came together again for a second year to do these joint practices because I thought both teams got a lot of good out of it, and they got some bad, too, that you're going to learn from. Mm -hmm. Elliot, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, I, I had a question. Is I've been to Browns practices, not joint practices, but 
we've noticed that the Browns teach a lot of martial arts to the linemen, the offensive linemen. Did you see any of that or evidence of that uh, in your well, observation? No, that? that, yeah, I would have been keeping a, a closer eye out for that. But no, I didn't notice any, you know, uh, jujitsu or, you know, whatever. Yeah, type a on. lot of hand techniques and yeah. you know, taught how to knock somebody over by, you know, judging where the center of gravity is and they slap them in just the right position to throw them off balance, stuff like that. Yeah. Hand, hand yeah. technique is so important on both sides of the line. And that's why, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm a wrestler, I'm an old wrestler and I, I'm, I'm a high school wrestling coach. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I always, yeah. I always try to get football players to come out because I think it's yeah. a skill set translates in terms of footwork, hand placement, balance, all that stuff is very beneficial uh, for an offensive and defensive lineman. And it's the same thing in wrestling. It's just a, those skills just translate um, to being the NFL. And now you're talking martial arts. Yeah, I'm sure that's great, man. That's a, that's a great thing to be teaching the O-line. Yeah. Hey, let's transition on to the game. <clears throat> so I, I've, I've seen reports the Browns are going to start uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's the th- fourth string quarterback at this point maybe he's moved up to third i don't know but they're going to start them in the game and then i kellen mond who's the third quarterback is going to play the second half of the game so maybe the browns are trying to start their winning streak i don't know i gotta keep up with the ravens i mean i don't i don't know but uh not expecting to see a lot of starters obviously most of the work was done uh monday and tuesday but uh what do you expect to see from the eagles in terms of uh Who's going to be out there? What kind of a game is it going to be? What do you think they're trying to accomplish? Uh, just, just anything that comes to mind. Yeah, I didn't see Kellen Mond or uh, or, or Dorian Thompson uh, much in these joint practices. I think the reps were very limited. Same with the two Eagles, third and fourth string guys, Ian Book from Notre Dame and uh, Tanner. Sorry, I'm a Notre Dame alum. I gotta got my gotta get my Notre Dame guys out there. Ian Book, so, yeah. I'm, yeah, he struggled against the Ravens. He, if you watched the game, you saw how uh, mm-hmm. unsure he was where he was going with the ball, ran around too much. Tanner McKee, the rookie sixth-round pick from Stanford, did a nice job but in that game against the Ravens. But those two guys didn't get a lot of reps either in these joint practices. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see these guys. And I, I guess Marcus Mariota, the Eagles' backup behind Jalen Hurts, will probably uh, see a series or two, I would guess. Same thing as he did in – Baltimore um, left with a three nothing lead. Took made two long drives during his time out there. Jake Elliott made a, a long field goal and then missed another long field goal on those drives. But uh, I would expect that we'll see Mariota again for a series or two, uh, and then we'll see McKee and Book again. Maybe they put Book in there first ahead of McKee. I'm not sure, uh, but that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a game of mm-hmm. the backup guys fighting yep. for jobs. And, you know, you could probably list a handful of guys for the Cleveland Browns that this is an important showcase game for them. And it's going to be the same with a bunch of Eagles players. They're trying to make the, the roster, you know, the bottom end of the roster. Yeah. You know, you pay close attention to special teams, who's standing out on special teams. Like usually, you know, you might get up and go for a, get a beverage or, you know, a little snack once the punt comes or the kickoff comes. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff you should be paying attention to. Is the oh, not for the Browns, man. Our kicker will punt at 50 yards and let him return at 20 yards before we make a tackle. Which always <laughs> makes me wonder, why don't you just punt at 40 yards and make him fair catch it? But that's neither here nor there. I like that punter. I got to say, what's his name? Corey something? Mahorquez. Mahorquez? Bahorquez. 
his first name's Corey, though, right? Yes, yes, you're correct, Corey. Yes, Corey McCorquist. He he was booming these kicks, and I'm like, and the Eagles' punting situation is very, you know, under a lot of fire. Aaron Sippus, nobody likes him in Philadelphia. He doesn't punt real well. He had a bad mistake in the Super Bowl, kicking it to the wrong side of the field. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, you know, maybe how many punters do they have on this team? Maybe he's going to be the guy that gets cut. And then I saw he was the only punter listed, and I'm watching him. Man, he's booming the ball, and it's coming down at these crazy angles for guys to field it. So, you know, it's easier when you're seeing it every day. You can be critical. But when I'm watching it in a two-day window. Oh, no, he's a great punter. Whoa, man. He's a great punter. My critique is just why are you kicking it 50 yards down the field just to let him run it 20 yards back or or 15, 20 yards back to make the tackle? If you're going to make this happen – just sit there and like a get faster guys to run 50 yards as opposed to 40 yards and or b just kick it 40 yards and get a fair catch because the coverage team isn't the greatest yeah no that's i, a, that's I don't a, agree i think yeah, Bohork has, has the ability to kick it in different trajectories and he can um as ed was saying he can put different english on the ball to make the ball harder to catch you know he has a knuckleball punt and uh punt that angles down and you know changes uh the the trajectory so he can he can do it uh, any distance that the coach asks him to well that's the key it's the coach you know who the special team mm-hmm. coordinators i don't know but it's you know it's, it's on uh, bubba ventrone this year all right yeah we'll see what he does but i i believe that uh Bohorkas can give him whatever he wants and he can make the ball hard to catch or he can make it for maximum distance whatever the coach asks him to do he can do it i was impressed man i liked him i wish he was in philadelphia kicking for the eagles i gotta tell you yeah, yeah i don't, I don't know, know why i think the same thing him away to philadelphia did they put in an order for him <laughs> <laughs> all right okay we're coming up on time here um so i don't want to give you any last comments or thoughts you want to put out there uh, anything that we browns fans should know about the eagles coming to the game or anything just at all uh, yeah, you know, I, I was impressed with the Eagles second team O line. So, you know, I think that'll be a good matchup, uh, you know, because it's going to be second team guys. I think the matchup up front to me is always the fun thing to watch. Joel, you're an old, you know, guard, the offensive lineman. So I'm sure you like watching those battles too. Like uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll sit there with my binoculars in these preseason games and I won't even really watch where the ball's going. A lot of times I'll just watch, I'll highlight something happening on the line. So I love to right. watch the line play. Uh, and I think the Eagles' second team O-linemen showed up pretty well against the Ravens. Uh, so we'll see how they do against the you know the Browns if they're able to move the ball uh, against them on, on Thursday night. I'm assuming it'll be no Miles Garrett, no Zadarius Smith, no Dalvin Tomlinson, but I, I don't know that for sure. But th- you'll see some backups. Yeah, this will be the backup bowl. Yeah, this will be the backup. And there will be, like I said, there will be jobs to be won uh, there. Uh, the Eagles cornerback, Greedy Williams. You guys are familiar with Greedy, of course. Oh, yeah. Cleveland. He's, he's very much on the bubble of making this team. The Eagles signed him to a one-year deal, good length, 25 years old, uh, has the history of injury, but he's, he's struggling. I mean, he's not standing out. So, you know, if you're a Browns fan, you're going to see Greedy Williams out there trying to win a job. Um, We've so, seen that for years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when he's on the field. When he's on the field, second round pick. I mean, it's so hard to write. Sometimes it takes guys a while to figure it out. And like I mentioned earlier, cornerback is a tough position to Mm -hmm. transition into in the NFL from college. I mean, some guys are great at it. Patrick Sertan in Denver, 
one of the best came in right away. Trayvon Diggs down in uh, in Dallas, uh, you know, very, very good cornerback, but he even struggled as a rookie. So sometimes it takes guys a while to figure it out. And maybe that's mm-hmm. Greedy's case, you know, but somebody to watch too on Thursday night because he'll be out there trying to win the win a job on the corner as a reserve. Cool. Elliot, real quick, you got anything? Yeah, I want to watch and see whether the Browns are really opening up the offense and they're playing three and four wide receiver formations or whether they're sticking with the two tight end formations. I want to keep an eye on that. I've noticed that the Browns tight ends are catching a lot of passes so far in the first two exhibition games, and I want to see whether that's a a trend due to the formations that they're using or just a coincidence because of the uh, situations that are being presented on the field. Okay, you know, I was going to try to list the time and the channel, but I'm not sure what those are. I think it's a 7.30 game. 7.30 kick. Uh, I don't think it'll be on the NFL Network. Um, one of your channels will have it, I'm sure, in Cleveland. Yeah, I was going to say ABC, but I, I can't quote that. So, all right, this is, wraps it up for What the Elf Was That. Thanks, Ed, for being on here. Check out Ed's podcast. What was that again called? Uh, it's the Eagles Insider pa- Podcast. It's on all your, you know, Spotify, Apple, wherever else. And you can catch me on Twitter also. At, it's uh, at Kratz E. It's uh, K-R-A-C-Z-E. I tweet all my links and opinions uh, there. If you want to follow me for this game, feel free. Awesome. I'm going to go follow you now. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 